It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. Welcome to Hour 2 here on VSIN Primetime on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. No Tim Murray or Sean King tonight. You got us, that being Danny Burke and Adam Burke. At Skating Tripods for Adam on Twitter, at Danny Burke 5 for myself, and at VSIN Live for Stats and Information Network. And Adam, uh, it is the start of this 4 p.m. Pacific time hour, which means we've got some big college hoops games to look forward to. Let's get you some of that closing action and a game that we did discuss in hour one that I had been waiting to kind of hear your thoughts on it to make sure I wasn't completely off my rocker and not that it's that big of a disagreement, but everybody seemingly was over Virginia Tech. The Hokies at home closing as a three-point favorite, although last hour we did see Circa get his highest three in the hook. So a reason that it's a popular play, Adam and I discussed it. It was a ranked opponent on the road against an unranked team. So the unranked team, as we were saying, I guess the record, very successful, and the line was moving that way. But, man, when we were looking at this game, I mean, all the stats, the metrics just point to the Hurricanes being the better team in this situation and a team that had played really well on the road. But we'll see if uh, the proof is in the pudding. But I did take a little piece of uh, three in the hook. Oh, it must be why the line moved back to three <laughs> yeah. when it closed. You're, you're just out there moving the number. Look, something else about this trend that everyone's really excited about, you're an unranked home team playing against a ranked team. 
right? It's, you know, whatever. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it's, been, it's been impressive what the unranked teams have done, but they're small favorites. So if they win the game, of course they're going to cover the spread, right? I mean, like, look at this one. This open two, got to three and a half, came back down to three. Small favorite. If Virginia Tech's going to win this game, they're probably going to cover the number just, you know, by the nature of where the spread is. So there's also that. And, and again, I think this is a, a really important point to make here. <clears throat> when you have an angle like this, it's either priced in the market or the line's going to move. Like how many of these angles, and it's still cashing, so maybe the joke's on me, but how many times have we seen this angle over the last few weeks get talked about and the line moves a point and a half or two points or something like that? Like if you want to jump on this trend, by all means, go ahead and do it, but bet the overnight line. Take it at minus two instead of taking minus three and a half, you know, 20 minutes before tip-off. No, that makes sense. And uh, I'm, I'm scrambling right now because I, I I messed up, Adam. I'm going to have to wait for an in-game number because I was trying to follow you on your uh, slew pick, your uh, St. Oh, Louis, Louis one that you yeah. had here. And uh, it looks like some books did close one in favor of St. Louis, the side that you were on. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have that on any of the monitors here, if it's going to be showcased. But I was trying to follow you, so hopefully I get an in-game spot with them there. It should be on somewhere. One other one I want to mention that actually just tipped off. It's obviously not a marquee game by any means, but Ohio closed a 12.5-point favor against Northern Illinois. We saw a big line move on Ohio on Saturday, too, and I'm upset about it because I didn't play the overnight. And then by the time I got to writing Saturday's article, Ohio was laying 9. It opened 6.5. They were laying 9. So another two-and-a-half-point line move on the Bobcats tonight. So a couple things. One, the bottom of the MAC is pathetic. Every team at the bottom of the MAC is really, really awful, whether it's offensively or defensively. But the second thing is, this is back-to-back games now where Ohio, in a big favorite role, has taken some money. We talked about it with Villanova, right? You start picking up on some of these trends, kind of you know, seeing what their stock price is, so to speak. People are buying stock in Villanova. Maybe they shouldn't have tonight. We'll see how the rest of the game goes because they're down 11 uh, with the under six timeout looming. But the other is Ohio getting bet twice now in back-to-back games in big favorite roles, including one on the road. So try to isolate those teams. Even if you don't have a bet on some of these games, look at the line, look at where it opened, look at where it closed, and then start digging into some of these teams a little bit more to find out why the market's so interested in them. Good note. Uh, a game that also started that I had some action in, Tennessee and Texas A&M, the Volunteers on the road, Closed as a two-point underdog in most shops. They're up 2 nothing right now, laying a point and a half. How quickly things have swung with just one bucket. Uh, minus 120 on the money line for Tennessee. Minus 105 currently at BetMGM for the Aggies. 128 in the hook is the total. We were talking with Vaughn. He liked the under in that first half uh, for the game here. So two great defenses. You didn't have anything in this game, but perhaps a small lean toward the Aggies. Yeah, I, I kind of looked at Texas A&M a little bit. And, and again, you know, we touched on it. And I probably should have gotten invested in, in a futures price on Texas A&M because if they win today, they're out there in the 120, 125 range, you know, 120 to 1, 125 to 1. If they win today, that number is probably 80 to 1 tomorrow. So, you know, especially when you when you have such a marquee game. Maybe it won't go that low because Tennessee's been struggling. So maybe people will say, yeah, but they beat the Volunteers. You know, they caught them at a good time. But, you know, we talked about it yesterday with with Josh Applebaum where, you know, he liked TCU. That didn't come through, but talked about Kansas at 12 to 1. Kansas was 9 to 1 after winning that game last night. And frankly, they probably shouldn't have. TCU missed a bunch of shots at the rim. Kansas really didn't play all that well, I don't think. But they went from 12 to 1 to 9 to 1. So if you are looking to dabble in the futures market right now, 
you got to find these buy points before these marquee games that end up changing the price. What did you make of this game with Baylor and Kansas State? Uh, this one, of course, already started as well. Six apiece. Uh, Baylor was getting some love here. They went up to as high as a two-point favorite at the close. Some spots had it at one, some one and a half, but a few had it at two. Total went all the way up to as high as 149. Of course, the last time they played uh, was a higher scoring affair, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 97 to 95. Yeah, a lot of points in that one. So people maybe blindly just betting the over, but maybe actually some validation for thinking it would be high scoring once again. Yeah, my approach to this game was to hope that it was, you know, maybe Kansas State trailing by a few at halftime because Jerome Tang has done a phenomenal job with this Wildcats team in his first year. And I don't think Scott Drew is that good of a head coach. I know he got over the hump, you know, won a title, but I don't think Scott Drew is that good of a head coach. And we actually saw a similar situation play out on Saturday where Kansas State was down eight to Iowa State at the break. They basically had the lead. I think it was four or five minutes into the second half. They're a good second-half team. They make good adjustments. So I'm, I'm looking for a potential live betting angle here in this game to possibly take a piece of Kansas State going into the second half. Yeah, the only thing I was going to do with that game, potentially Baylor now up 7-6, to six, um, I was going to hope that it was going to start off slower scoring, lower scoring in that kind of regard and get an adjusted number on the total. But uh, by all accounts, some good points going right now. So 8-7. to seven. Uh, not even four minutes into the game. So uh, the total toward the over looking not too shabby as of this moment. So it is that, a bummer. I mean, I guess it's good for us to live update, but it is a bummer that like all the good games were in that seven o'clock Eastern yeah. window. I mean, yeah. I guess like Marquette and Creighton's a good game, but mm-hmm. most of the good games were early, I feel like. Did you have any interest in the SEC matchup with Missouri? Um, and then Mississippi State. Look, it's kind of felt like it should be a game, Mizzou. It should be a game that they win, but Mizzou is just such a volatile team. I don't know what the heck to expect out of them. Yeah, this is a tough one because Missouri's really good offensively and not so good defensively, and it's the opposite for Mississippi State. They're a very, very stout defensive team. They make games really, really ugly, but they also make games ugly because they're not a very good offensive team. I mean, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, which is a problem because Missouri forces you to take a lot of threes. So I didn't have a play in this game. I got very lucky. I had Mississippi State against Ole Miss on Saturday, laying three and a half. Game went to overtime, and they won by nine, I think. So I got very fortunate with Mississippi State in that one. But it was a tricky handicap. It's always hard when you get a team that's really good on offense and bad on defense against the polar opposite, trying to figure out, you know, which strength is going to play out in that game. So is that a spot you usually avoid? Do you maybe look toward a total a tad bit more if that's the case? How do you tend to handicap those situations? Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about college basketball, like tonight there were only 28 games, I think, or 25, something like that, Division One versus Division One. Sometimes you just have to cross games out kind of quickly, you know, especially on a Saturday where there's a 1,000 games. So to me, I can kind of cross this one off kind of quickly because it is, you know, good offense, versus good defense, bad offense versus bad defense. It's easy to cross that game off for me. Similarly, I'll cross off games where, like, if both teams are shooting a three over 40% of the time, I'm probably not going to bet that game because it's just going to be high variance, right? It's just going to be whichever team knocks down their threes. What I typically like to look for, I like to look for teams that get to the rim a lot against teams that don't. Look for the high percentage shots against teams that are going to shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers, a lot of three-pointers, stuff like that. That's what I'm looking for, like what I saw in that St. Louis game, right? Richmond shoots a ton of threes. St. Louis is going to get to the rim at a higher rate. So as I'm going through the card, I don't want to spend 
you know, 10, 15 minutes on every game because I do every conference. I don't just do a limited number of conferences. So you got to cut corners a little bit, you know, and kind of whittle the card down some. So a lot of times these big games, I wind up crossing off pretty quickly just because I don't know how much equity there's going to be with the line. Uh, by the way, Tennessee, Texas A&M, the Volunteers up to a big start here, 9-2. to two. A relatively big start, but, I mean, huge for Tennessee in this road spot. Four in the hook is what they're laying on the live line at BetMGM, minus a buck ninety on the money line, plus 145 if you want to jump in on the Aggies for some plus money. Total still at about 128 in the hook. And, uh, yeah, we're all at commercial breaks for some of the other big games right now. Xavier and Villanova, a game that started earlier than all the others. Xavier up 31 to 22, about four and a half minutes to go in the first half. You and I didn't have anything in this game, but the line was moving toward the Wildcats. They're down nine here again with about four and a half minutes to go. Is there anything you'd maybe consider with an adjusted line because of what you, I don't know, maybe your thought process was pre-flop. The line was going toward them. Now you can get a better spot on them. Is that something that you would ponder? So far, I haven't seen anything that's going to push me towards a bet in this game here. Xavier, uh, tough offensive possession for them. They get a pretty low percentage look uh, after some good defense there from Villanova. But, you know, it, it's one of those games to me where, we once again, we talked about it already. We saw another pregame Villanova line move. Somebody out there really likes the Wildcats. I'm not completely buying in yet. It's good that Justin Moore is back, but this team had more issues than just his absence. So, I'm not really looking to do too much with uh, with Villanova right now. All right. Well, I'm curious what you'll be looking to do this upcoming Major League Baseball season, my friend, because next segment here on VEASAN Primetime, we are going to jump into that. Some of the futures odds for the World Series, the American League, and the National League. Our baseball guy, Adam Burke, will be helping us with that. So don't go anywhere. We're heading to the diamond next on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests we are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Beeson Prime Time. Danny Burke and Adam Burke, your hosts here at the Circus Sportsbook, filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King. And spend a time telling some people about our new podcast we got going on right now, Adam. And we got a big NHL slate today. Uh, Jonathan Davis hopped on. It was a pleasure talking with him. But speaking of the hockey slate today and in the future, we just started Beeson's hockey betting podcast myself. An NHL expert here at VEASAN, Andy McNeil. So we'll have a couple episodes a week taking you through the biggest betting storylines of the day, our favorite games of the slate, and also looking into the futures market. So make sure you subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts available. VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast, Danny Burke and Andy McNeil. And then Adam Burke over here doing some college hoops, huh? Yeah, doing the college basketball podcast. I do the Monday edition with Tim Murray. Uh, him and Matt Humans do a Wednesday night show looking at the Thursday card. And then, uh, you know, we're also adding some stuff into the feed from weekend shows, kind of Im- Im- incorporating, excuse me, some more of the college basketball content into that podcast channel. So that is uh, the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast with host Tim Murray. So uh, you got new episodes late Monday night into Tuesday, episodes late Wednesday night into Thursday of that. Uh, so you can check that out wherever you get your podcast content. Very nice. And then uh, with the baseball season coming soon, you'll also have plenty of content covering the diamond. So uh, everybody be sure to be on the lookout for that. Follow Adam on Twitter at Skating Tripods. All of the content, of course, at VEASAN.com. Speaking of some baseball, Adam, you and I both love to bet 
plenty of baseball to say the least. Uh, I want to spend this segment talking about some of these futures odds. And I guess before we get kind of down the list, have you made any futures bets in terms of World Series, AL, NL pennant, anything like that? Nope, I haven't made anything yet. You know, I, I we talk all the time about trying to get the best line with everything, and it is very important. But for me, with Major League Baseball, with the deep dive that I do, how deep I go into looking at these teams, also doing college basketball right now, which is a significant you know portion of my time, I want to make sure I have all of my ducks in a row with Major League Baseball. There was a lot of free agency, a lot of player movement. Also, the last thing I want to do is get locked into some kind of future and then some dude blows out his arm in spring training or a guy blows out his knee or something like that. I'd rather have all of the information and also know that I'm getting to opening day pretty healthy. And I know that sometimes I can lose some value on a price or a win total or something like that. But just for me, over 162 games, depth is just tremendously important. So I want to make sure teams are getting to opening day where they need to be. So looking down this list, again, I haven't bet anything either, but if someone out there is looking to make a bet, right now we see some of these numbers having Houston at about plus 650 is a short shot. The Dodgers plus 750 along with the Mets and the Yankees. Braves, Padres 10 to 1, the Phillies 14 to 1, along with the Blue Jays, Mariners 16 to 1, White Sox, Guardians, Rays at 25 to 1, just to name some of the top half of this list. I guess, again, if you're looking at this list yourself, you may not be betting it right now, but who would you perhaps be circling out in consideration or a team that you're going to monitor and go, okay, they've made it to this point. Now I'll consider investing. Well, first thing I'll say, as always, shop around because the price really, really matters when you're betting anything, but especially when you're betting futures, because you want as much profit potential as possible in case you're going to have to hedge when you get to a certain point, or just as much profit potential as possible so that you can make the most out of that investment that you make, because, I mean, let's be honest, you're currently tying your money up for over eight months waiting on a World Series champion, so you want to make sure that it's worth your while, a worthwhile endeavor. In looking right now, and I've, I'm mostly doing a lot of my work in the American League at this point in time. But in looking right now, one that kind of stands out to me a little bit, and I don't love the price, but I think it's pretty decent, is the St. Louis Cardinals at 25-1 to 1 because the Cubs aren't there yet. The Brewers seem to have a lot of issues going on right now. David Stearns, their team president, left last year. They had the Corbin Burns thing, taking him to arbitration over 750 k which was completely asinine. Uh, Christian Yelich, as we talked about on yesterday's show, he's just not the same elite player that that he once was. The Cardinals should win that division, right? And it's a little bit different now because, you know, the, the playoff format and everything that's going on, but the Cardinals should win that division, should have home field in that first playoff round that they're going to be in. Um, they've obviously got, you know, tremendous position player talent with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Nolan Gorman made some swing adjustments. He should be better this year as well. That's just an organization that wins. You know, they just win. And with the schedule changes that are happening this year, where you're going from 76 games against division opponents to 52, that hurts both central divisions quite badly. But I don't think it hurts the Cardinals quite as much as it will for the Brewers or for the Cubs. Obviously, the Pirates and the Reds won't be any good. So I think Cardinals at 25-1, to largely because I think they win that division get into the playoffs. So then you've got a ticket you can kind of play around with. Well, as a Cubs fan, I hate to hear that, but objectively speaking, uh, I agree. better. 
They're definitely better. Yes, no, they are. They they really are. It's just always a pain because you're right. No matter what, like the Cardinals never tank, right? They're always right. in it at the end of the season. It's infuriating for all the other teams in the NL Central. Anyone out there watching or listening knows if you're not a Cardinals fan. Uh, Adam, I got to ask you about St. Louis. So th their starting pitching, I feel like, is their concern in terms of going deep in the postseason, right? Like they can bang up on some of the more inferior teams in their division. Is there anything that's going to improve with the rotation this season? Well, I mean, if Jack Flaherty's healthy, that would go a long way, certainly. I mean, that's a guy that's got, you know, number two starter upside, certainly a really good number three if he's healthy. I love Jordan Montgomery. I'm a huge Jordan Montgomery fan. I have been dating back to when he was with the Yankees. Four-pitch mix, all of his pitches are average to above average. He's a really nice piece. I know Harrison Bader, you know, was like out of his mind in the playoffs yeah. for the Yankees, so maybe that trade paid off for them. But I really like Jordan Montgomery. Adam Wainwright, you know what you're going to get. And a couple of other things here. So, first, Bush Stadium is a really good pitcher's park. Very, very good pitcher's park. They don't have a lot of pitchers that strike guys out, but they're an elite defensive team, and they're in a park that suppresses offense. So it really helps them to you know, kind of have the composition of the starting rotation that they have. The second thing is when you look at some of these teams that are priced in this 25-to-1 range, right, the Cardinals are minus 120 to win their division. The Guardians and the White Sox are both in this 25-to-1 range. Guardians plus 135 at DraftKings win the division. White Sox plus 220. Like, the Cardinals are a favorite, a clear favorite, to win their division. And their World Series price is the same as teams that are going to have to fight to win their division. So from a price standpoint, I think there's a little bit of equity in the Cardinals. Now, do I think that the Guardians and the White Sox have a better chance at a deeper run? Yeah, maybe. I mean... Depends who they wind up playing in the playoffs. The Cardinals, yeah, they got to, you know, they deal with the Dodgers, you deal with the Padres, you deal with the teams in the AL or the NL East. It's not easy, but at 25 to 1, they have a much better path to get to the playoffs and then give me the opportunity to do something with that ticket because I'm, what's the equity in locking up your money for eight months, taking the Astros at plus 650 or the Dodgers at plus 750? Right. Like they have to win it. You don't have many options when you get to the playoffs. They have to win it for you to get anything out of it. Whereas I think if you take the Cardinals at a decent price, maybe they win you a series, but you at least have options when you get to the postseason. Exactly. And I think sometimes in whatever sport you're betting futures, people maybe don't appreciate or recognize that as much that, hey, their number's here right now. You're betting it not only because, okay, maybe you think they do win, but more so you should be betting it because you're assuming the price is not going to be there come postseason time or come toward the end of whatever bet you make. And then again, with these books and what they're allowing nowadays, you can cash out, you can hedge, you can do all these other things to make some profit off of it. And then that kind of leads me to asking you with three teams that I would consider maybe, and I get that they're not the deepest, but I feel like when it comes to the postseason, they're not going to be the same. And maybe if you wait during the regular season, they'll be volatile and they'll get higher but I'm considering the Padres at 10 to one with their talent. Wouldn't be shocked if they started out hot and you just don't get them in double digits at any point. The Blue Jays and then the Mariners. Again, shop around. There's some better numbers, but Blue Jays about 14 to one. Mariners 16 to one. I saw them at 17 to one. I feel like come playoff time, it, this value certainly won't be the same. And I feel like Toronto and Seattle will be in the postseason. To your point, you'll probably find 25 to one or better on St. Louis just because of the strength of the National League field once you get to the playoffs. So you're right. It's probably not even worth tying your money up with that. The Padres. So the hard part about taking the Padres is 
do you think they win the National League West? Because if they don't, the Dodgers are probably good enough to get a bye, right? So then all of a sudden, the Padres have to burn two or three starters in that wild card round. That puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage. We saw that last year with the Yankees, right? They got to the to the uh, series against um, the Astros, and they had nothing left in the tank, right? You know, so that was something that kind of hurt them a little bit. Even though they had that bye to the division series, they still went through a long series, and it really hurt them. So that's what you kind of worry about in terms of the Padres. If they don't win the division, then things get a little bit more difficult for them. But they may be the deepest team in Major League Baseball. So I think the Padres are one that makes some sense. The Blue Jays, you know, we can talk about this if we got some more time in the show later in the show. Big park adjustments for them. They're a team that hits for power. That should help them offensively. It may also hurt their pitching staff too. So, but I will say about them, I think they have a better shot at winning the division. I would say over the Yankees than the Padres do over the Dodgers. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more here on VEASAN Primetime. But coming up next, before we get deeper into baseball, Thomas Gable joining us. What's happening over at the Sportsbook? This is VEASAN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers will get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. You also get tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. So don't miss out on this limited time offer. So visit vsin.com slash subscribe and you can sign up for $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on VEASAN Primetime. It's Danny Burke and Adam Burke live from the Circus Sportsbook. But let's kick it out to the Borgata. Our guy Thomas Gable hopping on at T Gable Sports where you can follow him on Twitter. Serves as a sportsbook director. Thomas, appreciate you making some time tonight. And I was going to say, look, the handle is, I'm sure, got a lot of attention with this college basketball slate. Tell us what kind of action you received throughout really the entire slate. But I suppose with these games just starting, I mean, Miami, Virginia Tech's a good game. Tennessee, Texas A&M. I'm sure you guys got a lot of attention earlier today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a much better slate uh, tonight. And great to be on with you guys. Uh, obviously the, uh, the Villanova Xavier game was the one that kind of, uh, grabbed a lot of the handle here. Uh, the big East is always a, a conference that just where we sit regionally, uh, always is a, an interesting conference. The book, uh, gets a lot of attention, uh, locally and, and that game tonight with, uh, Villanova, uh, which is really sits kind of right outside of Atlantic city there, uh, about 15 minutes away. Uh, they, they tend to get a lot of local support, but we actually uh, we need the the Wildcats tonight. Even with uh, Justin Moore there back, uh, hasn't really been able to spark much in this Villanova offense since he's been back. And you know Xavier's just they're such an efficient offense, you know, averaging almost 83 points per game. They can shoot from three, but they really don't make their living from behind the arc. They rebound very well. And they're just one of these Big East teams I feel could make a nice tournament run next month. And you can still get a decent future price on them, too. So uh, the only thing that really concerns me 
about Xavier in the long run. They they play a very short rotation. Their bench just doesn't get a lot of minutes. But that recipe worked for Jay Wright at Villanova the last few years, so maybe I shouldn't be too concerned about that. But, um, you know, uh, Xavier obviously up there at halftime, so we'll see how this one plays out, but uh, we're going to need the Wildcats here. And in terms of a game later tonight, Big Ten-wise, how about Michigan State and Indiana? I know a lot of people I've talked to, including myself, have their eyes set on this matchup. What have you guys seen for that game later? Yeah, I, I expect that game to get a lot of attention. Uh, obviously, it's very tough to handicap emotion, and certainly uh, in the situation that you had there at Michigan State, it's not one that I, I personally would get involved with uh, in trying to handicap that uh, with this being the first home game after that uh, very, very uh, difficult incident there on campus. But uh, we're seeing uh, Indiana here getting uh, – Getting some money uh, that we're at least we're taking on the Indiana. Um, right now, in, in that one, you, pretty much you're seeing three and a half, some threes uh, out there. But uh, we're currently sitting three and a half for that game, and uh, I think we're going to probably be moving to three though uh, pretty soon with uh, Indiana getting some love here. Thomas, another matchup in the Big East, although not a local one here, because this one's in Omaha between Marquette and Creighton. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you seen in terms of the action for this game, and do you have a need in terms of the side for this one? So we're getting some some Marquette money. Uh, currently, uh, you know, for me, this game personally, I, this is one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Creighton's looking to move into a tie for first in the Big East with a win here tonight. And Marquette came, comes into this game 0-3 ATS in their last three and they squeaked out a one point victory there against Xavier in their last game, which was last Wednesday. So they certainly have had plenty of rest and ample time to prepare here, but this uh, shock of smart team is one I really like. And uh, like and Xavier and Creighton, you can still get a good price on a very efficient offense here in the, in the futures market. But Creighton has been absolutely on fire uh, with their lone blemish being that double overtime loss to Providence a week ago. One nine out of the last ten. I think the question would be whether Creighton's defense can slow down this Marquette offense that averages 1.1 points per possession. They don't play with a lot of pace. They and they take their time. They come out and they they really look to exploit certain matchups there off the pick and roll. Um, defensively, they can turn you over, but they do give up a lot of open looks. And uh, Creighton does not commit a lot of turnovers. So I, I think the front court of Creighton here is going to be the difference in this one. Uh, they do a great job on the glass. I, I think just the crowd, I think a while, it's going to be a wild crowd there in Omaha. So uh, you, you've seen this number on Creighton tick up in a few spots. Hey, Thomas, sticking with college basketball, one more question I got for you with college hoops. Looking at the macro sense, long-term March Madness coming soon, any kind of liability you guys got with specific teams in the futures department? Uh, a few, I mean, the favorites, no. So you, you, you have like the Houston's, the Kansas's, the Alabama's were sitting in, in pretty good shape uh, with them. You have to kind of look a little bit uh, longer down the board there. We, we have some, some liability on Connecticut that was really from when they were playing well at the beginning of the season that we took on. Um, and believe it or not, the, uh, I, I probably could give you guys each 10 guesses as to who our biggest liability is on, you probably want to get it. It's actually St. Mary's. Um, 
So St. Mary's, you can still get a, a decent price on, and you know, obviously a lot of liability on them based on that price. But uh, we've we've had some people who've taken some shots on them at some at some bigger numbers. Thomas, we've been talking a lot about the NFL draft because every day it seems like there's news, there's some sort of buzzworthy player, something like that. In terms of booking the draft, you know, you'll have a lot more offerings as we get closer, certainly than what you currently have out there. But what have you seen so far in terms of the action, in terms of the handle, and and what is it that you guys are offering over there right now at Borgata? So I don't even have I don't have the first pick up yet because I try to wait on this as long as I possibly can. Um, the the NFL draft is just not something I personally like to do. Um, it, it's obviously you, you have to offer it. Uh, everybody does offer it. Uh, it's it's a customer, uh, really a thing for the customers. But the bottom line is no book really makes any money off the draft, and more than likely you're probably gonna you're probably gonna take a loss on it. Uh, the last couple of years we've been fortunate not to not to really take a loss and book a small win, but it's just it, it's it's really tough. Any draft uh, is tough because it's so information based, and uh, the, the bottom line is the players are going to have the information before you do. Uh, so uh, I'm, I wait a little bit later than some uh, because to me there isn't a ton of benefit in in putting this up really early. Um, it, it's and at least at this point too, the limits would be smaller. Uh, so until we get a little bit closer, that's when you see a lot of the other markets. We put up a lot of the other markets around it, not just uh, first overall pick, but um, all the different props and so forth. So, I mean, the week of the draft, we'll, we'll go pretty heavy with it, but uh, it, it's just not something that I ever really uh, look forward to, uh, either that or the NBA draft. Hey, Thomas, before we get you out of here, got about a minute left. Anything significant hockey-wise? We know uh, the season's still going on. Stanley Cup coming somewhat soon, whether it's day-to-day or futures-wise. How have you guys been handling the puck? Yeah, I mean, hockey's been – it's been okay. Uh, You know, obviously in this uh, part of the country, we're pretty basketball-heavy, whether it's NBA or college. So the NHL kind of takes a back seat uh, during the season to to hoops. But – um, you know, with the NBA being on break, you know, you get that nice little bump uh, over the weekend and tonight with, with hockey. So it, uh, it, in the futures market, though, it's kind of the same old story here for us. It's, it's the New York teams that you always get the future liability on, uh, whether it's the, the Rangers and the Islanders. And, of course, I mean, I will say this, at least Philadelphia fans were a little bit smart this year and didn't waste their money on any Flyers futures. <laughs> Oh, Thomas, good stuff, my man. Always appreciate you making some time. Love having a combo with you and getting an update behind the counter. So uh, we'll look forward to doing it again soon. Enjoy the rest of your night, my friend. Thank you, guys, and uh, great talking to you. Absolutely. How about that? They don't like booking the NFL draft. I know we've heard a lot of bookmakers say this several times. You and I have talked about the draft, I know, but are you one of those people who, like, religiously want to get into it or just kind of picking and choosing? No, I mean, it's it's so hard to get information quick enough to get a lot of equity on these things. You know, I mean, you could speculate, certainly, but you know, the information that filters through and moves those numbers, it's just hard to be on top of it. And you have to have a lot of outs, be able to shop around, which unfortunately is something we can't really do with the draft here in the state of Nevada. Yeah. 
little difficult. Always fun to speculate and talk about, though, that's for sure. When we get back here on VEASAN Primetime, Adam Burke, myself, Danny Burke, we'll get you some in-game updates on the hardwood with college basketball, Tennessee, Texas A&M, some of the other big games. Everybody loved Virginia Tech. We'll tell you how they're doing next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, well, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located not only on the Las Vegas Strip, but nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back in the mix. It is VEASAN Prime Time. I'm Danny Burke. He is Adam Burke at Skating Tripods, where you can catch him on the tweets at Danny Burke 5 for myself. We, of course, are filling in for the usual hosts here, Tim Murray, Sean King. Happy to be doing it and live out of the Circus Sportsbook. And happy we got some decent college basketball games right now, Adam. Let's do a, a brief update into some of those. Uh, how about Baylor and Kansas State? Just looking at one of our screens right now. I think Baylor was down. Maybe it was like 10, maybe a little bit less, but a huge resurgence from them offensively and then certainly defensively limiting Kansas State. Uh, as I said, that, of course, Kansas State knocks down a three, but Baylor now has the lead 34 to 29, Adam. Again, this was a game we were kind of just like, all right, it's, it's whatever, not that entertaining. But now we finally got some action as we're winding down in the first half. Yeah, kind of frustrating here, too, because as I'm looking at the ESPN scoreboard, it's not really updating very quickly. So, again, one of the things that makes it kind of difficult to live bet, you know, I mean, if you're not watching this game, and I mean, it is a marquee game, so a lot of people probably are on ESPN, too, but you know, if you're trying to look at box scores, look for some of the stats, some of the things that you wanted to, you know, examine and analyze to fire off a live bet, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of how quickly the technology works for you. So that's part of it. But, you know, look, I, I mean... I talked about it coming into the game. I think Jerome Tang is a really good head coach. We saw them make the adjustment at home in Manhattan against Iowa State on Saturday. It looks like they have to make a little bit of an adjustment here as well in this Baylor game. Curious to see what this second half number looks like, where Kansas State looks like they'll be trailing off Baylor can get some points on this possession. But Kansas State has 20 points in the paint. Baylor's settling for a lot of long shots, as they're going to have to do in a lot of their games because they don't get to the rim. I think that the shot selection so far in this game favors Kansas State. They've just left some points at the free throw line and haven't been able to knock down their long shots. Yeah, I don't see a line right now for that game. But like you said, could be a good angle for the second half, potentially. Uh, let's talk Miami and Virginia Tech, a game that was certainly highlighted throughout the gambling community because of the spot and the ranked opponent going on the road against an unranked opponent. Unranked opponent was getting steamed, being Virginia Tech. But Miami having a good little comeback themselves. They're up 36-32 to 32 after Vod Tech had a Pretty nice stretch there in the beginning stages. Uh, the Hurricanes now laying two in the hook on the live line at BetMGM. Total at 147 in the hook, Adam. 
Yeah, and this is one I, I was kind of hoping Miami would be trailing. We talked about this a little bit during the break. I was hoping Miami would be trailing at the half. They're only 3 of 11 from 3. And this is a team that's shooting, what was it, almost 37% from 3. So they underperformed relative to what I would have expected their expectation to be in this game from the three-point line, and they're still up four at halftime. And you made a note of it as we were watching. I think this is important. You know, the stats are important for live betting, but you also said Miami's getting whatever they want on offense. They're getting the looks that they want, and I don't know how Virginia Tech slows them down in the second half. So do you have that number handy what the second half line is? Uh, At least what the live number is for the game? So live number, yeah, two and a half in favor of Miami. Yeah. Minus 160 on the money line. I mean, at that point, I mean, if you want to do something, I would say look toward two and a half with Miami, but realistically, probably just wait and see if Virginia Tech comes out looking a lot better and they get off to a little bit of a hot streak. Because again, they're up four right now, but based on where the number was pre-flop, it closed about three. They're still maybe not giving Miami as much respect as they deserve in this game beforehand and during with this lead. So even if Virginia Tech just ties the game up, that could present an opportunity to jump in on Miami. And to be fair, Virginia Tech is only two for 11 from three, and they're a team that's about 35.5%. So honestly, maybe the second half over is the look here because both of these teams getting some good looks, but they're a combined five for 22 from three. You figure there's probably going to be some free throws at the end of this game because of where things kind of currently sit. And that's something where, you know, Miami is a pretty good free throw shooting team if memory serves. Uh, yeah, they're 77.7% at the line. Virginia Tech, 73.3%. Maybe a second half over here where the two teams positively regress shooting from distance. And if you get free throws at the end of the game, these are two reliable teams in that department. By the way, Baylor, Kansas State, we were talking about that. Baylor on the live line, minus three in the hook. Total at 143 in the hook. Plus 155 if you want to take the money line with K-State. Minus $2 for the Bears. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, I, I like the idea of Jerome Tang making some adjustments here. And Baylor also 6 of 13 from three, 46%. Not really something I would expect to continue necessarily for them in this game. So kind of... A little bit intrigued here with Kansas State. I'm going to look at this one some more during the break. Uh, Baylor is a good three-point shooting team, but Kansas State, one of the top teams at defending the three-point line, didn't do a great job of switching off, didn't do a great job of contesting those shots. I assume that's an adjustment that they make here during the break. All right, Tennessee and Texas A&M is where we'll go next. The Aggies trail 27-21. to Despite that, only catching two in the hook on the live line. 129.5 is your live total. So I told you off air that Tennessee has been hitting some threes, and they actually had. I guess they just probably looked up when they hit the few that they have, but they're 3-12 beyond the arc. Uh, A&M just won a three from deep. We talked about the free throw shooting. It has been strong for Texas A&M, 8 of 10 from the charity stripe. Tennessee fouling a lot. The Aggies finding a way pretty consistently to get to the charity stripe. Here's something I didn't really envision as much, I suppose, or maybe not to this extent, I guess, Tennessee's out rebounding them, Adam, 17 to nine, and they've got six offensive boards, does the Volunteers, and they have converted those into some nice points. So, again, you look at the score, and it's not ideal for AM, but if you think they can just alter the little things that aren't necessarily skill, but more hustle, getting in the right position, I guess it makes sense why the Aggies are still only catching just two and a half down six. Well, certainly, I mean, you should have a rebounding edge when your opponent's six of 19 from the floor, shooting just 32%. <laughs> so, that's something that. You know, Tennessee has limited the extra opportunities, which is very important. But again, here's what I'm kind of talking about in terms of shot selection, right? So Tennessee has 22 shots from the floor. 12 of them are threes. 
right? So over 50% of their shot attempts in this game have been threes. And we talked about this. Texas A&M is a very good team defensively at the three-point line. And this is why I don't like Tennessee long-term. They're too reliant on the three. For Texas A&M, they're one of three on threes on 19 shot attempts. So they're at least getting to the interior. It's not really going down for them yet. I haven't looked to see how many of their shot attempts have been mid-range jumpers, but they're getting higher percentage looks. You know, on average, a team's going to be about 58% field goal percentage on shots at the rim. The best teams in college basketball are 36, 37% on threes. So that's the concern I have for Tennessee for the rest of this game and going forward. They just take way too many threes. They don't get inside enough. We'll see if a and is able to start knocking down some of their higher percentage looks. Yeah, shot Or just chuck a yeah. contested three, whatever. <laughs> That's pretty much what they've been doing. All right, another one. Can they finally? There, there you go. go. There's the Texas Got that one three. there. All right, we needed that one. There is one game I want to mention here. Oh. I know we're coming up on the break a little bit, but there were a couple of really intriguing games in the MAC tonight where you had Kent State and Ball State, and you had Toledo and Akron, who are basically the four best teams, I think, in that conference. And Toledo's up 13 on Akron at the break. 24 points for the Zips in the first half. That's not good because Toledo is a really, really strong offensive team. They are not a good defensive team at all. Akron 0 for 8 from 3 in that first half, 10 of 21 on two-point shots. Uh, Toledo, they probably could have been better offensively, but this game kind of being played at a little bit slower of a pace, that kind of favors Akron to some degree. But Toledo's a bad defensive team. If they can shut Akron down here in this game, that's going to make me think long and hard about what I want to do with the MAC tournament, MAC Madness coming up here in Cleveland. Uh, and then the other one, Kent State, Ball State, kind of a back and forth affair so far. But, you know, again, you, you look, you start trying to come up with profiles of these teams because conference tournaments are coming. Yeah. And there would be a lot of betting opportunities with those. Uh, really quick, Xavier up 48 to 44 over Villanova, just hit a big three. But this game's been. Pretty interesting, kind of sneaky, entertaining here as Villanova did claw their way back. They're catching four in the hook on the live line. Total at 140 in the hook, now 48 to 46. Wildcats catching three in the hook, just down two, but still plenty of time to go. Yeah, and in the game that I'm sweating here, St. Louis and Richmond. St. Louis up nine at the break. They were a pick em, up 36-27. Richmond jacked up 21 three-point attempts in the first half out of 31 shots. They went seven of 21 from three, two of 10 on twos in the first half. Uh, I am salty. I did not get involved. I tried. I slacked. It's my own wrongdoing. Hey, we got one more hour with the Burke brothers. Stay with us. It is V-CIN Primetime. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.